This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Bet MGM Tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country. Odyssey.com as well as the Odyssey app. While we sweat that out, let's go ahead and get our guy, Patrick Everson of Props.com, joining us on the Roman video line. Twitch.tv slash BetQO is where you can see his excellent facial features as we talk to him about all things NCAA tournament. Patrick Everson with the Props.com swag. How you doing, sir? I'm good. Can you hear me all right? Are we uh, good? No, you yes. sound beautiful. sound like an angel, actually. Fantastic. Fantastic. Sorry, a couple little technical difficulties and my hair is not cooperating either, which is not unusual. Uh, no, great to be on. My, I have very simple goals for tonight. A, a very simple goal. One goal, to not run you guys right into your heart out. That's oh, a good yeah, goal. Yeah, that's my guy, Patty. We love you. Patty, thank you so I much. I work on that. Thank you so much. I got to work on that. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. This show is a little different than other shows. So um, trust and believe some of our guests have to get used to this. I want to ask you about, uh, let's go ahead and jump right into it. I want to talk about this UNC game. I love the Tar Heels. Right now, the two and a half point dogs on Thursday against UCLA. I faded UCLA. Had to pay for it. But here we are fading them again. What can you tell me about the line movement in this game? What can you tell me about just how how this is being looked at at the books? What? Well, and I can tell you, even specific to BetMGM, more sort of BetMGM Nevada than nationally, although this may be the national case as well. But really, right out of the gate this game, Scott Shelton here in Vegas at, uh, with BetMGM Nevada said this was a game getting a lot of activity early. Mm-hmm. A couple of different books told me that. But BetMGM Nevada here specifically uh, noted that North Carolina had the most tickets and the most money so far of any of the Sweet 16, sweet 16 teams. Uh, now, that. You know, that's obviously subject to change over the next, you know, 36 to 48 hours. But uh, they were tickets were running uh, two to one in favor of Carolina early on. And money was five to one in Carolina early on. I do think that's going to balance out to some degree. But but Carolina has been a popular play. And I'll tell you, I had a guy message me pre-tournament, two or three futures bets he made. And one of them was Carolina at 175 to one. Mm. And I was just like, nah, I'm not going to do that. And now I'm just like, oh my goodness, why didn't I do that? Uh, not that I think they'll win necessarily, but you're going to get, you're getting awfully, awfully close to the head, to a really good hedge position on that. So, uh, so good on that person for doing it. But uh, yeah, it looks, you know, from what I've seen, early tickets and, and money and, and what I'm hearing, early tickets and money on North Carolina in that game. And I'm kind of scrolling through the, uh, uh, the brackets here to, uh, uh, to see about an update that I believe we did from BetMGM recently on this. And yeah, actually, I'm not not seeing it there. It's not what I thought it was. But uh, but again, they were North Carolina, definitely a popular play. No question. Uh, Patrick, I want to talk about St. Peter's Purdue. Uh, Cinderella team came in and just sort of shocked the world. Two wins. But now Purdue has an entire week to assess and mm-hmm. game plan for a team 
coming kind of out of nowhere, a team that's undersized but very physical, goes after every loose ball with obviously one of the coaching darlings in college basketball. Uh, The line is 12 and a half. I haven't seen it move a ton. Purdue has been up and down all year. They're streaking right now. What's happening in terms of like where the money is, uh, how Vegas is feeling about this matchup, if you have that insight for me? Yeah, it's obviously it's it's extremely interesting because nobody, you know, nobody expected obviously St. Peter's to be at this point. And I think if I heard correctly, they, uh, you know, they were noting uh, it was noted over the weekend and, and yesterday, Trista, that uh, that a 15 seed hasn't gotten beyond this point. Is that right? They've had 15 seeds. Correct. To the They've never gotten 16, past the Sweet 16, but they, they can't get over the hump on the Sweet 16. Uh, I, I think. Right now, I'm not seeing too much in the way of splits on that early. They're not necessarily jumping on that. I'll tell you what, though. I would sure be tempted. I haven't looked at it that closely, but the way they've played the first two rounds, I certainly would be tempted to take the 12 and a half there. I mean, this is a pretty gritty outfit, I think, and and I, I don't think it'll be a surprise at all if uh, if they see uh, if they see some activity. Um, obviously, it would be a huge upset if they if they, if they if they continue moving on. I thought one thing that was, you know, not to take away from the game, from the from the bets on the game itself, Trista, but I thought one thing that was a little bit revealing, um, that was interesting, not really revealing, but uh, that an odds maker sent me a little bit earlier today addressing some of the, where the championship futures now are, is that St. Peter's obviously wasn't even on the board. Now, I'm not even sure they were on the board before the tournament. They weren't on the board all season. I'm not even sure they were on the board as an available pick as the tournament started. And now, finally... <laughs> They're on the board, so you could bet them to win the national championship now if you wanted. But uh, they were, uh, you know, flying under the radar in one of the smaller conferences, and, and now obviously they're they're on everybody's radar. Uh, Pat, a couple for you, really quickly. Um, first off, last weekend, you know, with St. Peter's knocking off Kentucky outright, how did the books do? You know, with some of these dogs winning outright, and then you know Sunday, obviously the day started with three favorites covering. But how was the weekend for the books? I figured it had to be pretty good. I think generally it was pretty good. Uh, I know it was very good, at least the first three days. And I'm going to assume because the first three days were so good, I'm assuming day four, even if day four went bad, by the time you get to day four, people are kind of, you know, getting out of town. And and, and honestly, the bankroll's running a little bit low if they haven't had a good day one, two, or three, which they did not. So I know they did good there. I had one uh, uh, non-Vegas, non-Nevada operator, more of a, a national operator, if you will, tell me Kentucky was their largest futures liability. So wow. they were yeah. over the moon to have them out. And even in my pre-tournament report last week for props.com on college basketball futures, uh, which in which I uh, cited Seamus McGee's uh, Seamus McGee of BetMGM, he noted that the, the top three liabilities for BetMGM nationally were Arizona, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Hmm. Now, obviously they still have to contend with Arizona, I got get Arizona 25 to one. So let's go, <laughs> but they got rid of Kentucky and Tennessee. So I know they're, they're, they're fairly happy yeah. about those outcomes. I don't think they had much liability necessarily to Baylor, but they probably didn't mind seeing them bow out either. It's funny. National and I know that you like Arizona and I like Arizona. We played the Arizona futures, but I was actually kind of surprised with this line against Houston. Now Houston's a really good team. The committee did them absolutely no favors. They went to the final four last year, but it opened. There was a two and a half. There was a two and now it's down to one and a half. And now where do you see this closing? Like does Arizona go back to being two point favorites? Because you would think like the public and even the sharp money would come in on Arizona because people have been sleeping on Houston, but your just thoughts on this and, and what's the book going to need in this game with Houston and Arizona, especially with Arizona uh, being such a big liability to win it all. 
Yeah, that's a really good question. And and what gets kind of interesting as you get to this point and beyond, it's, you know, the books sometimes will, you know, kind of use that situation, that futures position to manage what they do in the day-to-day book, you know, in the game-to-game thing, kind of balance, counterbalance one against the other. Now, they're not going to put a number up that puts them way out of line with other books, with their competitors, but it, they will, you know, kind of, you know, they might fudge a half point or fudge the juice or something like that to kind of help manage their position with the futures book. So, and obviously Arizona's in that position, but I do think you're right. I think the public is going to come in on Arizona and this might tick back up, but Houston's a, you know, definitely a, definitely a really good team. I wish I jumped on them earlier. They, I, I did not, but uh, you know, I guess, yeah, I assume that the, that Arizona is going to see some public play as the number one seed and, and, and a team that's really been on the rise all year could have had them at 50 to one preseason. So uh, to win it all, which is, which is something else uh, when you see the point they're at right now. We're joined now by a guy, Patrick Everson of props.com on the Roman guest line via video twitch.tv slash is where you can watch my guy. I need a prop shirt, by the way, Pat, I'll DM you my size, extra large and my address. Um, I got to ask you about this game. I don't even know how we even got this far. Duke, Texas tech. Duke is a one and a half point dog. In this spot, minus 105 on the money line now, Texas Tech minus 115. What can you tell us about that game? And I'll, I'll give you all the time that you need because I have to feel like if I'm looking at the board, if I'm just a casual fan, Duke is a dog, I'm jumping on him. And I actually did jump on him, and I'm not a casual fan. Exactly, and that's what I found fascinating about this is that Duke was an underdog. Uh, this this was a game I asked a couple of odds makers about mm. on Sunday night as that came out. And, they're I mean, they're still sitting a dog, but what I'm he- hearing – what I was hearing early on on Sunday night and based on the, the, you know, minimal movement so far, good two-way action on that. Mm. So apparently the, you know, at least for the early betters, which oftentimes are the, you know, the perceived sharp, the sharper betters who tend to come in early while the public tends to come in late with good two-way early on, you got to think that uh, that, that number they feel is reasonable. Now, much like Arizona, when you know Quentin, when when the public starts weighing in as we get to Thursday and everybody gets refocused on this after this long, long weekend of basketball and everybody's just probably, you know, still a little bit bleary eyed even on Tuesday. <laughs> um, you know, you got to think the Duke money's going to be coming. Um, but Texas Tech's an awfully good team. I, I think they were something like number two or number three, something like that in the yeah. Ken Palm overall rankings or something. Or no, defensive rankings. Mm-hmm. The defensive ranking in Ken Palm was really, really high. And they were, I think, somewhere in the top 20, 25 on their offensive efficiency rating. And that's been a metric that's worked out really well for national champions. You need to be top 40 offense and top 25 defense uh, if you're going to win a national championship. That's basically the way it's worked out for several years now. And Texas Tech was one of the better teams to mesh those two metrics, if you will. Pat, really quickly, we have about 45 seconds. I took Miami. I took Miami 150 to one when they were smacking Auburn and they went from 150 to one to 66 to one. How does that line movement happen so fast? Well, first off, you're getting, you, you have, you, the, the field is getting whittled down. You're talking about national championship futures, yes. right? So you're, so that the field is getting whittled down. You've got to whittle those numbers down for everybody. So that's going to do it for starters. Just the fact that there's much fewer teams, but also obviously the, the performance and how they feel Miami sets up against the teams that that, that that could be in front of them for the national championship going forward. So I, you got to move pretty quickly in these situations when teams are getting whittled down and good on you for getting that number on that. That's, that's a great number. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, a Pat. Great number. It shows you've got a good number, right? Yeah, that's a great number. Thanks, Pat.
Appreciate you, Thanks, Patrick Everson. I'm really gonna DM you about that shirt. I'm I'm not lying. And also your hair looks fine. Stop stop worrying so much about your hair. You look great. I hope he joins us next week. Our guy Patrick Patrick Everson of Props.com. That's some swag, by the way. We can't even hear him because Cam cut his mic. I'll 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 I'll, t- I'll tweet you, Pat.